What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Just Because Gaming Podcast. My name is Michael. And I'm Ray. And thank you for joining us. Uh, for today, we wanted to talk about the recent uh, Developer Direct that Microsoft had. It was it was awesome. I think, Ray, you, you saw it before I did, right? Yeah, yeah, I told you. Make sure you watch this so we can talk about it on our podcast. Cause this, and this was a good one. I, I really enjoyed this Developer Direct. The last one was pretty good, but this one here knocked it out of the park, I think. I think, uh, if I recall correctly, the first game they talked about was Avowed. Is yes. that right? Yes, Avowed. Which, uh, from what I understand, I mean, it's been made, being made by uh, Obsidian, and it uh, takes place in the, was it the Pillars of Eternity world, which I don't know a whole lot about. I haven't played any previous games from that. I remember seeing... I think I remember just watching a TV series or something they had online, but that was you know, that was a little while back, and I don't really remember much about it. But it looks good. It looks very, oh, what is it? Kind of uh, Skyrim-ish and stuff, but a little, a little more variety to weapons. Like you have wands, you have guns, you have I don't know a lot of things, a lot of different weapons. Just about bows, axes. You can dual wield. You can use magic. A variety of ways to attack your enemies is pretty pretty varied which i like yeah that was honestly what i kept thinking during the whole presentation thing i kept looking at it and i was like oh that reminds me of elder scrolls oh that reminds me of elder scrolls oh that reminds me of elder scrolls except (laughs) i guess the main difference is that instead of a staff you have a wand and um the one interesting thing about it is like you mentioned there's guns so it's like right? <laughs> it's like i can't imagine playing skyrim and then all of a sudden you whip out a gun and go pow <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh there's someone from the thieves guild i got this <laughs> it does make it kind of unfair when somebody pulls a dagger on you and you shoot pull out a gun yeah. like, and a knife knife <laughs> gunfight not doesn't work out well for the other guy yeah but, I also, you know, it's a very colorful world, much much more colorful than Skyrim was. Skyrim didn't have it was much more bland in most of it. As yeah, far they, as backgrounds and scenery and plant life and that kind of thing. Uh the yeah, water effects looked really good, I thought. Uh-huh. Um looked like kind of dirty water, but you know, you got goblins playing in it. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they compared did to what definitely we saw in the first on. trailer, I think, you know. I think they had kind of updated their textures. It just looked better than that mm-hmm. first trailer where everybody was complaining, oh, this doesn't look like what they were originally promising. And Well, yeah, it was still, what, that was a year ago? <laughs> so, yeah, they've improved it a lot, I think. Yeah, I was just going to say they definitely did go all out with the colorfulness and everything. So that was interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's like, the main thing that just kept uh, popping up for me. It's just, like, this is like Skyrim with guns. Now, not like, not like Call of Duty, like assault rifle guns, but like the old like flintlock type stuff, right? Black powder that, type guns. Now, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how long it takes to reload. You know, bow and arrow. You can, you could at least in Skyrim, you could throw arrows in there quick. How long is it going to take you to reload your black powder <laughs> pistol? <laughs> you know, the the funny thing is, I was when I was watching it, um, I was thinking about Borderlands because. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if you played that with me when we oh, yeah. saw all the glitches and everything. Cause, um, I remember with borderlands, uh, there were parts where you could, um, 
where you could play online and there were other people who like had glitches or hacks or whatever and they would have pistols like a six shooter revolver and instead of shooting bullets it shot grenades and instead of being six shots it was glitched to where it was like to where it had like an imaginary invisible like magazine of like 400 you never had to reload ever yeah so you would be like i remember i i found someone in the game and they were like oh here i'll hook you up with some guns and it was a it was a revolver and when you pressed it it went like and like launched grenades and it launched so many grenades that the uh that the console had to struggle you know, to keep up with it and everything. And it started like lagging. So you would go looking for yeah, left there too many right. explosions on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm kind of wondering if that same thing could happen. If, if this is a game that you could play online, if there's going to be people that have like glitched guns and stuff where, you know, it'll be like, um, the gun doesn't shoot bullets. It shoots spells and it like has a magazine of like 400, but you just can't see it and stuff like that. Cause that'd be interesting. Now I will admit it does kind of kill the game. You know, because it's like, okay, you're kind of overkilling, you know, you're, you're playing a game, you know, with spells with, as like Rambo. It's like, okay, you're kind of overkilling. Even with with Borderlands, I remember us playing that because you brought me into it and said, Hey, I I guess you brought that guy in there because he dropped a bunch of weapons for us that were like crazy hacked weapons. Yeah. We'd already beaten the game on, you know, normal, Mm. but just playing around in the world with all this craziness. That was a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think anytime I found somebody that had like glitched or hacked or whatever guns, I would immediately reach out to you. I'd be like, dude, 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 get on now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. the other game that was interesting ish is uh Hellblade two. Now I feel like when it comes to Hellblade games that people either love them or hate them. Did you play um, the first one? No, that's that's what I was going to get to. Is like, dude, you got to play it. It was good. I liked it. Play it with headphones on, like they tell you to. It uh-huh. does make a difference. And see, that's that's kind of the thing. Like, it's it's kind of that thing where you either love the game or you don't really care less. And I'm kind of in that second camp. Like, I'm sure if I play it, I'll probably love it. But it's just, I don't know. It seems so like weird and kind of cliche not cliche but just very specific like it's it's very different from any other game you'll play in that Mm -hmm. hack and slash kind of genre there it's nice because it's a it's a fairly short game Mm -hmm. it won't you know it doesn't drag on and on and on and on um i think i got every achievement in it even i I don't think it was uh too bad achievement wise the collectibles aren't impossible to find there's only a couple that are really missable and the story is good in it. And the, I don't know, it's, it is very freaky and kind of weird when you're listening with the headphones on because you hear what they call the Furies. There's three voices that are talking to her all the time because she's going through psychosis. And in the first game, you know, she's you know, weirded out by this. It's kind of freaking her out. They're telling her, oh, you're going to fail. Oh, she's going to fall here. She's going to, you're going to die here. You're going to, I think she could push through. I think she can make it. Maybe she won't. I don't know. You know it's, and it's coming from different sides all the time. Like somebody's right here in your ear because they recorded it uh, binaurally. And then in the second game, they said, not only do they do the voices, but the music and a lot of the sound effects law are recorded that way as well. 
And it's just got such a, you know, the way the motion capture and all was done, it's very, you know, like high realism to the look of the characters and everything. And it's very well voiced. I, I was impressed with it. Um, and it comes out, uh, it's got a release date of May 21st, 2024. So pretty much everything I think they had was releasing this year. Avowed said it was coming out fall 24. Yeah, that's that's kind of the vibe that I got from it is that this is just some of the stuff that those couple of studios wanted to highlight because they're coming out this year. And I think it was I don't want to say that that developer direct thing was like one big ad, but at the same time, kind of was one big ad. Well, um, I mean, that's kind of what you're looking for in this. It's it's a big ad for the games that they've got coming up from their their internal studios that they own now. So. Yeah. That means most everything here should be on Game Pass, so that's cool to look forward to. You won't have to pay anything to play it. I mean, you well, can go play the Pass, yeah. you can play Hellblade One. You can go download it today. It's on Game Pass. So, like Maybe. I said, you can you can pretty much beat it in a day to two days tops, and that's not you know that's, I think it's about an eight hour game to beat. Fine. Maybe I will. <laughs> yeah. You should um, try it out. It's worth it. Okay. I I might. Especially since you're saying that it's not like a super time-consuming game because there have been so many games like Fallout where I've yeah. dumped like 200 hours in. So if it's if it's a good game that I can digest relatively quickly, then maybe. Yeah. You, you'll enjoy it once you start playing it and it'll be over before you know it. You'll be like, oh, wow, that was that was good. And then, you know, so, it ends well enough that you don't have, even if you never played the second one, you'd be like, okay, that was good. Didn't leave you in a cliffhanger. And then, I don't know if you remember, but during the uh, developer direct, they kind of like shoehorned a fifth company in there. It was, uh, what was it, Square Enix, I think? Square Enix and the Visions of Mana. Evidently, this is a series that's been around for like 30 years, started like during the um, early Final Fantasy, I guess it was like a spinoff for that or something, they were saying. Yeah, I've never played any of them before. Or really, even heard of it, but I'm not a big Japanese RPG guy. Yeah, I mean they're cool. Final Fantasy, I played a lot of those up to about seven. Then I kind of waned off of them because again, that's another one that takes a little time to complete those games. Yeah, I think I think that was like their bread and butter at one point was Final Fantasy and Legends or the Mana series, which I want to say Legends of mana or mana or whatever. I want to say that was like the one that I just recall the best. Um, now whether or not it was the best out of the mana series, I have no idea, but, um, it does look like for this one that they kind of strayed away a little bit from the turn-based RPG, like how final fantasy used to be. Yeah. They say Um, it's an action RPG, so it's, you know, constant. Yeah. Which I mean, Yeah. Turn-based RPG is fun for a little while, but then it gets so old because you're just waiting for your turn to fight, you know? But uh, That was the one thing I wasn't sure about in Baldur's Gate 3 that I was going to enjoy was because it's turn-based combat. But Mm -hmm. it goes pretty quickly, and you're not, like, waiting and waiting and waiting for your turn. It it happens quick. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, with this one, Visions of Mana, like, when I was watching the... uh, the gameplay trailer and everything it kind of reminded me a lot of kingdom hearts. Like, I don't know why I got that vibe, but that's just what it reminded me of. Kind of like the 
cartoonish looking stuff. Just yeah, well, it, it had a Pokemonish feel to me because the monsters all looked very cute. I'm like, I'm going to go slaughter a bunch of bunnies yeah. or something. I mean, what is this? <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're not like. They're not like evil dragons that are like tearing up villages and like stomping people into like blood puddles. No, they're like right. they're like cutesy little dragons with like. Now, I mean, they don't have Which, like hearts and Lisa Frank stickers all over them, but they're, they're a lot cuter and like kid friendly, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's it's much more like if you want to get your kids into an RPG and or they want to play some kind of Japanese RPG. This one is much more, you know, kid friendly. Not. It's much more G-rated, I think. You know, yes, you're beating up little fluffy critters, but and the little yeah. dog you run around and that was kind of cool. You know, as your transportation, I guess, in the game, it looked pretty cool. I thought it was well done, well designed. Yeah. the The funny thing is, I was watching the gameplay or developer direct um, video with my daughter, uh, who is nine. And I was asking her, I was like, oh, you know, what do you think of these games we've seen so far? And I was mainly thinking about the visions of Mana 1. I was like, does this look like something you'd be interested in? Because, you know, I was thinking the same way you did, that, you know, since it looks a little kid-friendly, that she might be more interested in it. And I was like, oh, does this look like a game you'd want to play? And she's like, "Mm, nah. (laughs) (laughs) And the funny thing is, I was like, okay, of the three videos of gameplay trailers which do you think you'd be most interested in? Cause I thought she was going to say visions of mana because of how like pretty and, you know, kid friendly it looked. And instead she, she's like, Oh, I want to play that first game. And I'm like, avowed the one where you can like shoot people and stuff. And she's like, yeah, that one. Like, <laughs> All right. She is definitely my daughter. No takesies backsies. Not when you're stuck. <laughs> uh, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, she's she's my little booger. One of their list was uh, what is it called? Arbra Ara History Untold. Which oh is like yeah, real time strategy type game, kind of like uh, uh what is Civilization. It? Yeah, well, they did the same people that did Civ Five, and you know, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of well, uh, Age of Empires, that kind of thing. Yeah, but instead of playing like legitimate historical battles you're using the characters and leaders and things of history and creating a world of basically all your own so that's yeah. kind of cool it, it could be good i i don't know i didn't really understand the goal of that game like they said oh yeah the goal is to get like prestige or something and you know that can be achieved different ways cuz that's what i was thinking is like how do you end this game cuz like i can see like a real time strategy game where you're like building cities and stuff. Right. I can, I can see stuff like that going on forever. And I'm like, okay, where is the end to this game? That's, and they, they yeah. did answer that. They said, you know, you basically try to make your you're country getting some kind of points for prestige, doing prestigious yeah. things like building monuments or, you know, technological development of your country, but making basically being a good leader and making your country as strong and, you know, unique. And I guess, in whatever field or way you want to make it, you know, whether it's because their art is amazing and their culture is huge or your military power or whatever it is, or maybe a combination of, they don't, I don't really, until you play it, you probably won't really understand how that prestige points up. But it, I mean, it's, 
if it comes to Game Pass, it looks like something I might try because I used to love like the Age of Empires games and those. They were fun. Yeah, I just I I'm just still very curious as to like how they rank things. Like, let's say me and you play that, right? Mm-hmm. And I go all technological and you go all art district. You know, which Yeah, you know that's not gonna happen. I'll go military. Well, okay, so let's say you go all military and I go all technology. Which one would be more valuable? Like if you create like the world's greatest army and, you know, you have a country, you know, that's just amazing and has like nuclear power and like all this stuff, like all this, like the world's greatest military. But on the other hand, let's say I have a country that's like technologically advanced and we got flying cars and telepathy and, you know, people can teleport stuff. I mean, how do you exactly rate that? Like, I'd be very interesting, interested to know the mechanics of that, of the scoring. Like, would they say technology is more important than military or military is more important than art? Or like, I, I have a lot of questions about that because that, I feel like that would say a lot about the developer, you know, it's like, Oh, military is not that important, but art though. Yeah. Do you have art though? <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea how they're going to rank that kind of thing. And maybe it has to be a combination of you can't have just straight art or straight military or straight technology and not really develop anything else. Maybe it's a more of a balance of it and how well you balance it. I would be the only way I could be disappointed with something like that is if it's just like simple checkboxes. Like if you go the military route, if it's something like build a hundred barracks you know, and then, yay, you get an A. Or for me, with my technology one, if they say, build a hundred science labs, and, you know, you get an A. Right. Or like, if you build 75, you get a B, et cetera, et cetera. Because then it's just like checking boxes at that point. It's not really being creative. Yeah. And that's that's the whole point. Busy work to do to, yeah. in order to get to something. Like, yeah, I'm not I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's that's what I was getting at, is like, how do you rank creativity? You know, like a creative country of technology versus a creative country of military. You know, like I'd be very interested to see how they how they score that. But it it just seems like there's more questions than answers for me for that game. But I think honestly, for me, even though that would be on Game Pass, I probably would pass on that game. It, if there was nothing else in my backlog to play, you know, if I was all caught up and I had nothing else new coming out. Yeah, I'll probably go play it then. I'm not going. I'm not looking forward to that one that much. You know, it it yeah. looks kind of cool, and I like might like to try it, but I can't see myself spending hundreds of hours playing that right now. Not yeah. when there's too many other things, especially like our next game, which I was really excited about and was wasn't sure if I was going to be excited for an Indiana Jones game, but dude, I liked it. It looked good. That was the best trailer of the whole thing. Yeah, um, I think that's why they saved it for last. I'm sure. I mean, it makes sense. But and uh, machine games, you know, if you've played any of the Wolfenstein games, at least they know how to make a good enemy because they're good with the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the Wolfenstein games. That was a really good re- reboot. I think I did a uh, an article on our website. Talk, that's one of the games I mentioned when I was talking about games you might have missed. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. anybody out there who hasn't read the article, go to the website, check it out. You'll find a little bit about machine games there when it comes to indiana jones and video games it has a very interesting history because there were points where indiana jones had 
You know, I think way back in the early days where there were like Nintendo and Super Nintendo Indiana Jones games, and those were like kind of mediocre, you know? And then, you know, there were kind of like Indiana jo- Jones style games. Like, um, I don't know which came first between Indiana Jones movies and like Pitfall. But like when I saw games like Pitfall, it reminded me of Indiana Jones. And um, uh, I feel like there were some Indiana Jones inspired games that were really successful, like Tomb Raider and like Uncharted on PlayStation. Like oh, yeah, those they took an influence from that. Exactly. And there was those were like an Indiana Jones game back on the original. I think it was on the original Xbox. I forget the name of it now, but it was. And it wasn't bad. I remember playing it, but it wasn't, you know, they didn't have the technology to do what they have now. You didn't have, I mean, the whip technology looked awesome to, for yeah. combat, for traversing your universe. I liked that. It looked good. I'm cautiously optimistic about this Indiana Jones games game because um, <laughs> there are games that were similar to it that mastered that niche. Like, um, for example, uh, those Tomb Raider games, they had a lot of like puzzle elements in it, which made it that great of like a kind of Raider like game. And then you had games like Uncharted, where they had great gunplay mechanics and the story was freaking amazing. Like, I know, Ray, you've never, I don't think you've ever played Uncharted, but it is an amazing game. If you like Indiana Jones at all, you will love Uncharted. And I think if they could, if uh, for machine games, if they can take the quality of Tomb Raider and Uncharted and create a new story, which it looks like they have, um, then they are going to have an amazing time and an amazing game. But I just feel like the bars kind of set really high. So for me personally, I'm trying to like expect the worst because I feel like the bar would be reasonably high where, you know, it's, it's hard to live up to that reputation because for the Indiana Jones movies, aside from their newer ones, they're amazing. <laughs> Had to make that little yeah, aspect. First, first three were great. Yeah. And they're kind of keeping it back in that same time period. This takes place between Raiders and last crusade. So it's somewhere in the middle of that. So, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, still young indie, still doing a lot of exploring, a lot of archaeological finds and puzzles. Um, from the looks of it, he goes all around the world in this game. They mentioned a few places. I mean, it starts out like you know he's going to be in Africa because the guy buried the bad guy's getting buried in Africa there, and uh, uh, Marshall College, you know, where he teaches at. So you're going to be there. You've got uh, they go to the Vatican at one point. Uh, it looked like. I'm not sure if I can pronounce it. Sukative? Forgotten. I have no idea. Temples of Sukative. I think it looked like something in India, but I can't say for sure. Uh, the Himalayas. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's traveling all over the world. And I like the way they do the whole, you know, just like in the movies where you got the map and it's the plane, the red line moving along with the map. That, that's cool. <laughs> that's a good addition. You know, they're hitting the right buttons yeah. for an Indiana Jones game. Yeah. I like that it's in the first person view, but it backs into the third person when it needs to. For like cutscenes and stuff, cutscenes or like they showed him where he's climbing up a like a drain pipe, and it yeah. backs up so you can see what you're doing when you're climbing, which that makes sense. I like that. I think that as long as the mechanics are good 
the story is amazing. And as long as another thing that could be problematic, as long as they don't make Indiana Jones way OP, like way overpowered. Because if you recall from the movies, Indiana Jones, he's kind of just like a regular guy. I mean, he's smart and he's right. strong. But he is a regular guy. Like he can't. Yeah, he can put up like, a good fight, but he can also he get takes a few licks and he gets yeah. beaten and battered as he goes. <laughs> yeah, there have been times where like he's getting into fights and he's getting his butt whooped, but yeah. you know something kind of goes his way or like he he like maneuvers and like a plane propeller takes out a guy, you know stuff like that. <laughs> um, it's like otherwise he's losing that fight. So yeah. like I don't want to play a game where he just like destroys everybody and they kind of they kind of did do that with the at least the uh video where it just looked like he was punching everybody and using that whip like he was scorpion from mortal Kombat. <laughs> you know <laughs> like get over here yeah but, i don't think um, they're making him necessarily overpowered but i think you know as far as like the minions you're gonna fight yeah most of those i mean you're gonna be able to take them out because you want to have a decent amount of combat in it to make it it's a video game <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna be and, quite as realistic as you would make a movie. You yeah, know? And, and that's fine. And I would imagine there's gonna be a difficulty scale. So like if you set the difficulty like easy or very easy, then yes, you're gonna feel like instead of playing as Indiana Jones, you're playing from as Kratos from God of War. But I'm <laughs> sure if you I'm pretty sure if you uh you set the difficulty to very hard, then you're gonna have a completely different experience. <laughs> It'll be more like yeah. Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> But uh yeah, all in all, uh as far as those games, I'm definitely looking forward to the Indiana Jones game and uh very interested in Avowed. Like I'm hoping that it plays a lot like Dishonored. That's the vibe I get from it, to be honest. Yeah, we'll just kinda have to wait and see. It's still a little up in the air on Avowed. I think right now what they've shown us looks pretty good. I'm not sure about the you know, we'll see how the story goes and all that. I don't think it's supposed to be that long a game either. I think it's a fairly reasonable experience, not not quite Skyrim length, you know. So, and what was it? Obsidian's last game, um, Outer Worlds. That wasn't an extremely long story, but it was really well created, really well told. It was a lot of fun to play. I I really enjoyed that one. I, it looks like you might even be able to have a companion or two with you, just like you did in Outer Worlds. So that's kind of cool. I like that. So yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to Avowed. Indiana Jones is probably my top pick out of these. And Hellblade, Sinuous Saga, I, I'm looking forward to that one because I really enjoyed the first one. And you'll be looking forward to it, too, after you play the first one. <laughs> fine, fine. Download I'll it tonight, do play it. an hour of it, and see if you're not hooked. Fine. <laughs> Peer pressure. None of that. None of that but at all. <laughs> the, the only, I'd say the only thing, uh, the only negative criticism I would have for this developer direct aside from that um some of the people that were speaking on the videos were just kind of awkward um well these are people one. that normally in front of the camera is probably not their thing i mean they're developers they're the actual developers these are people who are usually sitting behind a keyboard somewhere doing work or yeah. behind a camera or art or whatever they're not in front of the camera going but you know it seems more genuine to me to have like, those people out there i i will say for avowed there was this one awkward moment when um 
the guy that was talking about it, he was like, yeah, you can use with the wand, you can do this freeze ability and stop people. So if they're stronger than you, you can freeze them. Or if they're weaker than you, you can freeze them. And I'm like, so everybody, I was like, like, that's, that's such an awkward way to phrase that. There was just a lot of weird moments in that. And yeah, I guess that it's, it's like what you said, that these are people that typically, you know, are focused on like, the creation of these video games, not right. like how to speak about them. But, you know, I, I would like to think that they, you know, kind of rehearsed this or like ran it by somebody first. Just, that didn't feel just, scripted at all, did it? <laughs> I mean, it felt like what it felt like to me, okay, is it felt like it was scripted and they gave it to someone to review. And that person was a yes man. And they were looking at it like, yeah, no, all this sounds great. All this sounds great. And they didn't like actually critique it and like poke holes in it because that would be something I would say, like, why did you say that you can freeze people that are stronger than you and also freeze people that are weaker than you? It's like, why don't you just say you can freeze people regardless of whether they're stronger than you or weaker than you, you know, just, just, ways to make that yeah. sound better i didn't even catch that myself i know he said you could freeze yeah. them and then you could use like the powerful strike of one of your other weapons to break them to pieces yeah but i didn't even catch the stronger yeah. or weaker or yeah, there was, just not even not even violent against you you could just freeze anybody there was, <laughs> NPC there was walking by and his dog there was so <laughs> many moments like that where they just where it was just kind of awkward and you know, it's it's not even a Microsoft thing. I think it's just a developer thing as a whole. Um, yeah. Just because when you see stuff like this on E3 and stuff like this, you'll see on YouTube, people make fun of it. You know, like that was so awkward and kind of cringy, <laughs> you know, which we're not, we're not doing that. We're not making fun of this guy and like repeatedly, you know, using that clip of, you know, stronger than you or weaker than you, you know, <laughs> but um yeah, there were just a lot of moments like that. They were just kind of like, I, I saw it and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, it was, it was good. Uh, honestly, what I wish that there was, was more developers, not just, um, Microsoft ones, but just, just to get a sense of, uh, the games that are coming out this year. And, uh, also to kind of mention that I hope they don't, cancel e3 again this year because that was the great thing it's already gone they announced it there is no e3 e3 is done and over with because i don't want this i don't want like microsoft developers playstation developers nintendo switch developers direct i just want like one big conference where they just talk about like all the games coming out this year like this was okay for microsoft they only talked about like four or five games but um i mean they'll still have gamescom i think that Whenever that falls, I forget when that comes around again, but I mean, yeah. And there's the PAX ones. Um, yeah, but, but still E3 was like the big one. And of course, by the time we start podcasting and everything and they cancel E3, that was like our goal. Yeah. I want to go to E3. Now I have to try to go to Gamescom. That's all the way in Germany. That's a lot longer trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the, the PAX ones, uh, so there's PAX East, which I think is New York. And then there's PAX West, which I think is California. Um, but you know, uh, can't anybody have a show of some kind down here in Orlando? We have these big conference centers and all this stuff in Orlando. Come on down, guys. We'd love it. 
<laughs> then he would have I could drive to that instead of having to fly across country or it all would, the way to the top of the country to go to one of these things. <laughs> it probably wouldn't be in Orlando. They'd probably do it in Miami where they've got a big, ridiculous airport. Because um, I think that's why they go for New York and California is because, you know, it's easy to fly in there and just, like, get a place close by. But anyways. Oh, then so, you can make it in Atlanta. Nobody has a bigger airport than Atlanta. <laughs> true. There might be one in Atlanta now that I think about it, but we'll have to do research, dude. We're we're going to start going to these conferences. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much all I got for the um, direct developer direct. Again, thought it was a really good one. I give it a, an A if I was grading it as far as what Microsoft has put out in the past. Um, I mean, I'm a little bit more critical than that. I'd probably give it like a B, but still it was, it was good. Yeah. It was definitely one of their best. Yeah, it wasn't as cringy as some of the other ones in the past. Right, right. But yeah. But, uh, all right. Well, thank you for watching. Don't forget to comment and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Patreon, and now we're adding stuff on TikTok as well. Um, you can support us on Patreon. There's the three tiers that I was mentioning earlier. Plus, when you... Uh, subscribe to one of those tiers. You get a little free bonus gift, whether it's a hat or a sticker or a t-shirt or whatever. Um, also, you can, if you want some of that merch without having to subscribe on Patreon, you can go to our website, justbecausegaming.com, and you can buy it from that merch side of that website. And aside from that, also on the website, you can see our articles, you can see our audio podcasts, you can see our video podcasts there's link to these youtube's videos there and yeah it's all on there on justbecausegaming.com all right thanks for listening and watching uh, we'll all see right. you next time peace